Welcome everybody back to the Lakers Zone Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Jones. Uh, this is our second episode ever, guys. And uh, we're just going to keep pushing it here. Uh, today it's going to be a, a great episode overall. You know, we're going to go over the fact that we are finally, once again, playoff bound for the first time in seven years. Uh, we're going to touch on that last game versus the Kings. Especially that that forty point first quarter. Um, then we're going to look ahead to, you know, what we have coming in front of us. We got a very, 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 very on fire Portland Trailblazers team led by, you know, a man on fire, I should say, Dame Lillard, um, and I think he's going to give us a little bit of a test. But I, I don't think it's going to be nothing we can't handle. Uh, but we'll we'll detail. You know, some of the most interesting players on our end going into that series and the playoffs overall. And then obviously the most interesting players on their end as well. Um, and then we're going to just do some predictions and get on out of here. Now to, now to start off, let's touch back on this, this last seven years, man. It's been rough. And, and there's been there's been plenty of times where I genuinely thought that the drought was going to end. I mean, you're talking about the most prestigious franchise in all of sports. And it's been seven years since we've been in the playoffs. Like, it's the type of thing that you think could happen, but you never really thought could happen. And it actually happened. Like, to think about this, the last playoff team we had was the Kobe Dwight team. The year that Kobe got injured and... and did everything he could to push us into the playoffs, only to have a Dwight-led playoff team fizzle out after a 4-0 sweep by the Spurs. So you're talking, it's been quite some time. And then to think of things last year even, where, you know, we we, we have King James arrive in, in La La Land, and he's coming off of eight straight years in the finals. And you have nothing but forward momentum. You got the young guns in Lonzo and and Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. I mean, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, we really thought like, hey, we're gonna put something together. I mean, as as late as Christmas, we were kind of killing it, and it was like, okay, this is it. King James finally. Is going to lead us to the promised land. And then the groin pool. And then the injury to, to Lonzo. And then the injury to Ingram. And then it was like, next thing we know, LeBron's coming back. And he's coming back to a team that doesn't really have anybody to support him. And and we're bounced. Well, you know, the arguably greatest player of all time went from eight straight finals to no playoffs at all, and, and us as Laker fans, I mean, what could we have to say? We were just disappointed. It was almost an utter disgrace as far as I was concerned. And so to finally have everything transpire in this last 12 months that has, it has been the most bittersweet year that you could ever dream of as a Laker fan. Starting out with the the trade for AD and having to give up you know, kid, young kids that that we as fans through these dark, you know, horrendous years really put some time and investment into. 
you know, we had to ship them out and and while it was it was hard to see them go, I mean, can you really argue with with what we got back? I mean, we got arguably top five, top three, best player in the league. AD came in. He should be the favorite to win defensive player of the year. I mean, you could make an argument if it wasn't for the fact that LeBron did what he did. You could make the argument that he, in fact, should be in the running for MVP. Leads us in points, rebounding, blocks. I mean, he he did his thing this year, without a doubt. And granted, we saw Brandon Ingram become a an all-star for the first time and and we just saw him you know take his game to a next level and there could be some regret there but not really I mean when you really consider it it was it was well worth it but then to have that lead directly into the sweepstakes for Kawhi and I myself I mean I'll be the first one to admit it you know I was told he was coming and to have at least half the sports world Believing that without a doubt we were going to build the best big three of all time. And then to have that kind of crash and burn at the midnight hour of some random night. And it wasn't just Kawhi wasn't coming, but Paul George, who kind of spurned us the year before, was actually going to his team and joining him. I mean, that was tough. And yet we were still able to scramble, put together a great team. Danny Green, then we added Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard. I mean, some of the redemption stories on this team have been phenomenal. But for only that to then lead into us being number one, LeBron surpassing Kobe as the third all-time leading scorer only the night before Kobe Bryant's tragic death in a helicopter crash, I mean... You couldn't script this year if you had the best script writers in all of Hollywood. There's nothing like it. And then COVID hits. And what are we doing? As a society, we're scrambling. Sports gets canceled. Things are kind of looking pretty hectic and scary there for a while. And you're just kind of grasping for some sense of of normalcy. And finally, Adam Silver is able to put something together. We get the bubble. And in this bubble, I mean, we came out. Yeah, we clinched the number one seed, but we looked rusty. There's no doubt about that. As our adversaries in this next round, the Blazers came out firing and, and did everything they could to just to try to create this matchup that we're going to get to in a moment. But it has been a journey. It has been a treacherous path to say the least, to get to where we are today. And that is the number one seed in the Western Conference. And our first trip to the playoffs in seven long years. And I got to tell you guys, as hard as it's been, it feels so, so, so good. It does, doesn't it? Like, just think to yourself. We are, and I'm recording this Monday night, we are less than 24 hours away. From the Lakers, I don't want to say hosting, but but hosting a playoff game. And and we're going to face the team in the first round that was in the Western Conference Finals last year with what is arguably a better team than what they had last year. 
And so as a, as a fan, as a podcaster, as someone who just loves basketball, I cannot be more excited for these next few weeks, for a few months for that matter. And it's, it's only going to get better from here. Now, before we do touch on that, that next playoff series, I want to I talk about that last game that we saw. Because I, I've seen some people on the internet, you know, they've been, they've been spewing some, some kind of, I want to say outrage, but there's definitely some nervousness out there in Lakers Nation right now. Um, you had what well, some could argue was a bad loss towards first the Kings. But I don't want to focus on the half where we didn't have anybody playing. I'd rather focus on what was that amazing first quarter. And it kind of shut me up in front of, it's in, as far as my insecurity goes. And, and I hope it shut up some of Lakers Nation and more so the haters. Because you had a LeBron James-led Lakers offense who didn't have Danny Green, who didn't have Kyle Kuzma, who didn't have Anthony Davis, and he showed out. They put up 40 points in the first quarter. They were leading by the time LeBron went out. I mean, LeBron finished with 17 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. He did that in 15 minutes. We had waiters with 19 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, three rebounds and 26 minutes. And then we finally, finally had Markeith Morris kind of come into his own a little bit in this offense and, and in this team in general. He seems like he's finding his own identity. He had a solid 14-5. and five. And then last but not least, J.R. Smith. You know, he's been... I've been rough on him. You know, I was a... A simultaneous LeBron fan while I was a Laker fan. So in these years where it's been rough for the Lakers, I have been following LeBron on the Cavs and the Heat and very, very closely. And so I watched all those finals games. And JR, I mean, he really let me down as a LeBron fan in that game one, obviously, where he lost it for that team. And so I was real nervous with him coming into this whole thing. But I had heard some of the things that were, you know, being said that he was coming in. He had a good headspace. Um, he was really making all the right moves, and for it to finally kind of be able to put in fruition, to watch him actually do his thing, make some shots, play some some better all around defense, it made me excited to see what you know he could kind of grow into into this in, in this team going forward. And quite frankly. When you put it all together and you add in the fact that we didn't have AD, we didn't have Kuzma, we didn't have Danny Green, and we were still kind of lighting on all cylinders, and LeBron was finding his places on the court, he was putting the ball where it was supposed to be, and then he was just doing his thing on offense overall, it made me feel really, really, really good going into this next series despite the loss, despite the second half letdown. That was led by primarily, primarily you know, backups and and bench players and and what were once D League players at one point. So I'm not too stressed out as far as that goes, and uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what these playoffs have in 
in store for us. Now, I'm going to take a, a momentary break. When we come back, uh, we are going to discuss the Portland Trailblazers, their path to to this series, you know, what they've had to do to get here, um, but more importantly, how I think that they are going to be able to perform against us, uh, but even more so, how we're going to be able to perform against them. So uh, don't go anywhere. Hold that dial and uh, we'll be back shortly. Welcome back to the Lakers Zone Podcast. Now, I mentioned we were going to get into this upcoming series uh, versus the Portland Trailblazers. And before we do that, I, I do kind of want to jump into this little segment that I got for you guys. It's, it's the most interesting playoff players in the playoffs um, for us, the Lakers. And then I'm also going to do the most interesting players coming in this series for Portland as well. And then what what those side stories mean for the overall arc of what's going to happen in this series. So so first and foremost, you know, my number one most interesting player going into this series is Anthony Davis. Now, I know, I know, just given my background, you guys probably thought, oh, he's going to say LeBron. He's going to say LeBron. He's going to say LeBron. And, and normally I would. I'll be honest with you. But this matchup, and these, you know, upcoming matchups, because let's be honest here, it's going to be Portland, then it's going to be either OKC or Houston, and then it's going to be the Clippers. I think our key matchup in all three of those series is Anthony Davis. Who do they have to guard him? They have no one. LeBron's going to run that offense. He's going to run it. Like Jason Kidden's prime, he's going to pick his spots and he is going to do nothing but find a way to get AD involved. And AD is coming into this with, for the first time in his career, pressure, but not the pressure of somebody that needs to show out and, and own the court and be the best player at all times. He's going to have the ability to kind of set himself up to go in there carefree and to play like, hey, when it's all said and done, if we don't win, the blame's not going to be rested on me. It's going to go to that man, LeBron James, over there. And so if I want to show out and show this L.A. fan base that I'm really the man you want to center this thing around for for the next five to ten years, I'm going to need to come in pressure-free and dominate. And we've seen what he did a couple years back when it was just him going, you know, him and a bunch of scrubs going one on five against this Portland team in the first round. And he dominated. Like, he dominated in a way that I wasn't too sold on Anthony Davis at the time. And it was like, oh, wow, he's arrived. He's the real deal. He's going to be, I don't want to say a legend in this league, but. He's going to be at the top of the charts for the next decade plus. And so we're going to need that same type of hostility, that same intensity. We're going to need that in this series and in the series going forwards. And if he does that, 
then he does, in fact, justify being the cornerstone. And he, he justifies being the number one player. Because I will tell you, you know, what this year has shown is that I'm not sure that that's the case with him. I think he is the best second banana of all time. He is, you know, better than Pippen. But he's that Pippen mentality. And if there's ever going to be a scenario where I don't think that that's, that applies or that that's not the case, it's going to be him coming in, dominating Nurkic, dominating Zach Collins if Zach Collins plays, dominating Melo for that matter. Because you know he's going to see some time against Melo. And he's just going to have to go dunk it on their heads. And I'm not talking... You know, the end of the shot clock, fadeaway, long twos, or threes from the the top of the key. I need him to go put it on their head. And if he does do that, then it's all day. It's not AD no more, it's all day. And we're going to be in very good position going forward. Next, my second most interesting player is that man. That bad man, that king, LeBron James. And, and the reason he's he's so interesting going into these playoffs and in, in this, this series particularly is you're looking at the redemption arc, right? I already talked about the eight straight years of finals, him falling out of the playoffs last year with the injuries to everyone around him, the trade, the Kobe death, the him taking over the franchise, and... There's just been a lot of talk where you're not good enough to be the face of the Lakers. And this is his opportunity. He has the team. He has certain teams out of it like Golden State and the Brooklyn Nets where if he's going to steal a championship and he's going to be one of the rare commodities in this league's history that have led three separate franchises to three titles while winning finals MVP in all three destinations, it's going to be this year. And plus, he's hearing the talk. Like, let's be honest. He's hearing that Dame talk where they're talking about, hey, is, is, he, is he the next Kobe? Man, I, I've never seen a player with the genetic makeup, the mentality, you know, that, that Mamba mentality as Kobe Bryant, as Dame Lillard. I mean, he's going to talk shit off the court, and then he's going to go on the court and back it up. Who else does that? It's only it's only Kobe. Kobe's living inside him right now. I'm sorry, but get that bullshit out of here. The, the guy's having to play desperation ball, hero ball, and he's throwing up some shots, and fine. You want to say he's Kobe? He's fine. He can be Kobe, but he's not Kobe in the, in the shack and... And Pau Gasol championship years. He's Kobe leading the terrible Lakers with Lamar Odom and against the Suns. Where Kobe's just putting up shot after shot and getting taken out in the first round. And that's what's going to happen. We are going to take him out in the first round. And, and LeBron is going to use that as his fire. That all that Kobe... Dame talk, that Dame time, game time, Dame time, all that. 
he's going to use that as his fire and it is going to be a man on a mission. And for that, I can't wait for this series, but more so I can't wait for the rest of these playoffs and for Lakers Nation to see what I've seen these last 17 years while watching him so closely on the East Coast, just doing what he does. And so I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited for myself, but I'm, I'm most excited for this franchise and, and them finally getting a performer as good as Kobe, putting it out there on the line for them come playoff time. Now, player number three. Now, this one's going to surprise you guys, but not if you follow me on Twitter. My, my number three most interesting player is Dion Waiters. I mean, we're talking a man that went from, from eating edibles on a plane and freaking out to now he's the third, maybe fourth option at the very worst on a, on a finals team, on a, on a team that's the favorite to possibly win the finals. Like, if, you're, if you, I can't describe a crazier year for, for one individual. I mean, he was overweight, being laughed out of the league, talked as a head case, released from his team, suspended multiple times, and now he's kind of showing the league that, hey, if I have some good leadership around me and I'm, I buy in and I, I want to buy in, I can be a very, very legit player in this team, or in this league, I should say. And I'm just kind of excited to see how that, that whole thing plays out for him. He was one of my favorite players in his draft class. And I know the, the Kyrie and him thing didn't work out. And you obviously choose Kyrie over him every time. Just because, I mean, we all know who Kyrie is. But then at the same time, we all knew who Kyrie was. And so maybe this guy's got a a bad rap. And maybe going into this... This is going to be the stability and the levels of maturity that he's needed in his life to perform at a high level. And I would not be surprised if he starts putting up some numbers and he steals a playoff game or two. And we're sitting there thinking, wow, what a signing. So don't sleep on Waiters, man. Waiters Island, I'm going to be first in line to to plant my, my tent on Waiters Island. I tell you that. I can't wait. Now, number four. Kyle Kuzma. Kuzmania, as they call him these days. You know, and I get it. He has had a great bubble. Um, better than I ever anticipated him having. And, and LeBron James said it himself. If we're going to go anywhere, we're going to do anything. It's going to be because this man is our, our number three option. And he's playing like he, he's our number three option. And after the last episode, you know, I did talk about him and that game winner. And how I, I thought that was only possible because it was a tied game. And that with real, you know, something real on the line. I don't think that same scenario applies. But we just watched the team that he's about to go against struggle against a Brooklyn Nets team and go down to the wire against Karis LeVert. And and the only reason they're in the playoffs right now facing us is because Karis LeVert missed a guarded fadeaway two-pointer. And with that said, and with everything I've said before, 
I'm sorry. I, I still believe that if that same scenario applies, LeBron makes that shot, AD makes that shot, Kyle Kuzma makes that shot. And I feel very confident saying that. So if I can be confident that my third or fourth option can go in and, and at least seal off a deal that a team that they just, you know, the team that we're playing just struggled against couldn't, then I feel very, very good about this this series going forward. And then last but not least, I got a 5A slash 5B. You know, I, I couldn't really make a decision over these two players. I'm, I'm talking about Dwight Howard and Markeith Morris. Dwight Howard's interesting because he's Dwight Howard. But also, you see everything that's occurred, and then you've watched how he came in and the type of mentality he's taken from a day-to-day basis. And yeah, he's had a couple of struggles at the beginning of the bubble um, in terms of just his overall mentality, and he started kind of dividing again. Um, he does seem, in the last few days, or games, I should say, he kind of get it back together, and he was putting it together, and he had some some really, really good moments against the Kings. And I think that he's going to end up getting significantly higher minutes than JaVale McGee because McGee struggled. So I see Dwight Howard averaging somewhere between, I would say, 23 to 30 minutes a game in the playoffs. And I think he's going to surprise people and he's going to steal some games. I think he's going to have some 18 and 12 type games. And I think it's going to be impressive. And I think gonna, people are going to be like, man, we slept on, on Dwight. At the same time, I had to split his time here at the five because Markeith Morris, who I've been rough on as well, he did not come into this Lakers team, you know, really hitting at all cylinders. And as of late, he's finally hitting his threes. His defense has vastly improved. And he's going to be key, whether it's making sure Melo doesn't hit those clutch shots down the stretch in the fourth quarter, or even when we're doing our switches and Dame's trying to take advantage and and he's trying to break some people off of the, the pick and roll, he's going to get switched on to Morris. And Morris is going to be that athletic defender that can go between you know playing the big and Nurchich and then being able to, to stop D- Dame as well. So when you combine that we have those as our fifth slash sixth options, we're deeper than people think. And we had some struggles as a as a bubble team. But that's because we had nothing to play for. And I promise if we had our backs against the walls like the Suns team did or the Trailblazers did, you'd have seen an 8-0 team. You'd have seen a LeBron with a fire unlike anything you ever heard of. And so going into this, we are a team to beat without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now. I want to go into. What I think the. The favorites are for this Blazers team. And. How we're going to match up with each player. um, What I think each player is going to be able to do. And then we'll kind of. Preview the. The series as a whole. Now. Now Dane. I mean, most interesting player, number one coming into the series, is obvious Dame. 
He had 51, then 61, then he led him to wins over the Nets in the final seconds. I mean, he was pulling up from half court. He did everything you need your leader to do to get into the playoffs. And I I can't argue against that. But at the same time, when you're having to have done that every other day for eight straight games, and now you're going to have to do that every other game for seven more games at the very most, four games at the very least, you're going to get worn down. And especially when you're going against such a physical, vocal-led defense, we're going to wear you down. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were, I think it was Raja Bell talking about, you know, what they, what teams used to do against him and, and Iverson when they played, and, and specifically Iverson. And they talked about, you know, when he would drive, it was just put that man on the floor. Be as physical as you could because he was smaller and make him second guess. And while I do know that Dame is a tough motherfucker, man, I think we are going to put him on his ass. And we're going to make him regret every drive. We're going to make him do nothing but pulling up from 45 feet. And eventually those shots are not going to fall when those legs cannot hold him up anymore. And it is going to be a punishment that we're going to put on him. But at the same time, if he does get lucky and he does get hot and our perimeter defense cannot contain him, we better watch out because that man is dangerous and he can do things that I haven't seen a guard do in quite some time. I mean, he's been damn impressive. So my hat's off to him, but I don't think that he's going to be able to, to do what he's done in the last eight games going forward, not one bit. And that's just my prediction. Now, Nurkic. If you look at some of these numbers, what this Portland team is without Nurkic versus what they are with him, I mean, it's pretty astounding. You're talking like a plus 10 with him on the court. He's phenomenal with them. And, And him and Dame, I mean, they've got this... this relationship, this connection where they just know where each other is on the court. They know what each other needs from a moment-to-moment lapse. Like, Nurkic comes up big when he sees Dame's kind of tiring out a little bit just to give him a break. And I think that he can have a big series against us if we don't play our cards right. But at the same time, I see a world where... Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard could also dominate him and make him look like a child and just sun the hell out of him and be like, bro, who are you? Like, get out of here. You ain't doing nothing. Oh, sorry, yeah. Go shoot a free throw because we're not letting you in here. We're not going to let you do your little finesse or your dunks, and and you're certainly not blocking nobody. Like, I see that being a world where we're going to live in. But I'm not going to lie. I'm... I've been nervous by some of his play and and some of the things he's done and seeing if he's going to be able to kind of keep that going, keep that rolling against us because it is possible. You know, he's a talented young kid. It's it's not like he's he's not playing with a storyline behind him. I mean, if this was MTV's The Challenge, he'd be the favorite just off a storyline, playing for his grandmother. 
who died of COVID, you know, in a different country. Like, you can't write that stuff. And so I'm interested to see if he's able to kind of suppress that or, or use that and and kind of take things to a different level. I hope not. But it's a possibility and it's something we need to look out for. Absolutely. Now, number three is, is McCollum. McCollum had a great last game. And that was the first great game he's had this whole time. And I think with him being, you know, some people have said he's injured. Um, and he certainly didn't look injured in this last game. But I've seen injured players show out for a game and then not be able to kind of recover two days later. And I, I think there's a possibility that that's going to be the case with McCollum. I think he's going to be inconsistent. I don't see him putting up seven straight games of fire. And I think that's what he's going to need for them to be able to stand a chance in this series. He's going to need to be at the top of his game. He's going to need to break us off at the point of attack. He's going to need to be able to do pick and rolls or hit the two coming off the screen. Um, and if he's not you know, hitting at a 45, 50% clip, that's just one less thing that they have. And so I'm interested to see if he's going to have his boys back the way that his boy has had his back this whole time. And, I mean, you could definitely see the brotherhood there and, and that they love each other and that they support each other in every way. But when it comes down to it and you're facing, you know, a LeBron-Anthony Davis-led defense coached by Frank Vogel with Dwight Howard as the backdrop, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't put my money on McCollum going for 25 a night. I'll tell you that. Then you got Gary Trent Jr. Man, people love Gary Trent Jr. And and me being a a Duke fan since you know the '90s when it was Shane Battier and and Jay Williams, um, I liked Gary Trent Jr. at Duke. He didn't play as much as I would have liked, um, but I didn't think he was deserving of the 37th overall pick. And I thought he was a good pick for Portland at the time, and he's shown that he was well worth it. I mean, he's hitting clutch shots. He's playing okay defense. I don't think he can guard LeBron, nor do I think Melo can guard LeBron, or Mario Hazonia for that matter. But we'll see. But he has been a pleasant surprise for them. And maybe an unpleasant surprise for us. But when it's all said and done, you got to guard the man in front of you. And the players that we're going to have in front of him outclass him in every single way and unless he's able to either switch off and and mellow who's who's my next player is able to kind of sub in and and take his game to a next level just playing inspired because he's finally getting his last matchup against LeBron in the playoffs then I don't know how they they control that point of attack from LeBron um, I don't know how they stop Anthony Davis for that matter and and you're going to have these matchups where it's going to be Gary Trent or Melo or Mario Hazonia on Anthony Davis or LeBron. There's going to be times where it's going to be LeBron and AD running a a pick and roll, and it's going to be them just eating them up. And so 
unless he is shooting lights out seven straight games and it's, you know, five, six threes a night, he's a liability. Same with Melo. Liability. It's It's been a great story for Melo. He's redeemed himself. He's proven that he didn't deserve to be out of the league. He's proven that it wasn't... It wasn't right that he, you know, got told he was washed up and couldn't do anything when he wasn't even really given a real chance. And that's all well and good. But this is the playoffs. And this is high stakes. And you're still a man that's older than he... Who looks older and plays older than he is going against a man who plays five years younger than he is. And it's going to show. It's going to show on defense. It's going to show on offense. He's going to get swallowed whole. And when that happens, and we're doing what I think is going to happen, probably a 5-1 win, maybe even a 4-0 sweep, it's not going to be a surprise. Now with that said, and now that I've I've put my prediction out there, 4051 maybe. You're going to hear the you're going to hear that and you're going to think man, he thinks they're just going to destroy them. And no, I'll be honest, that's that's not the case. The way that I'm looking at this series is is kind of the way that I looked at LeBron and the Cavs versus the Detroit Pistons in, in 2016, in that first round, it was a 4-0 sweep, right? But if you go back and you read some of the the quotes from that series, the hardest 4-0 sweep they had ever played in their lives. And it's, it's my opinion that that first round series versus Detroit, where you had Stanley Johnson mouthing off, you had Marcus Morris, you had Tobias Harris, you had all these young or young players who, who didn't know any better, just trying to come at LeBron and trying to do whatever they could to test him as much as they could. It really mentally prepared that Cavs team to kind of lock in and take things to a different level. And and while yes, it was a four zero series, it felt like a seven game series, and it's it's what enabled LeBron to have that that mental headspace that he was able to come back from that 3-1 in that finals and end up champion. And I think that's the exact same thing that's going to happen now. We're going to win for him, But it's not going to be an easy 4-0. And it's going to mentally prepare us for that Clipper series and then for ultimately whoever we face in the finals. And I, and I truly do believe we are going to be in the finals and we're going to be facing either the Bucks. Or the Raptors. I mean, after what I saw today, probably the Raptors. Um, but you never know. It's the bubble and things are crazy. And they're only going to get crazier. But I can tell you after after the first day of playoff basketball, and I, I'll be honest, I just finished watching the Clippers struggle with the Mavericks. And I saw the Mavericks, you know, up by 12 and looking like they were going to pull away with a, you know, game one upset before KP got, I don't even know you want to call that, ejected for a, for nothing. It was the league, you know, wanting the Clippers to win, wanting that big money series versus the Lakers and not wanting to take any chances. 
But it just proved that, yes, anything can happen in this bubbles. And we're going to need the mentality. And this first round series is going to give us that mentality to kind of take it to that next level. So I'm looking forward to it. We got the first game tomorrow. Um, It'll be today by the time you guys are listening to this. And it's prime time, man. It's it's playoff time. First time in seven years. It's it's going to be a hell of a ride. And I'm very much excited. And I hope you guys are excited as well. I'm going to try to get up another podcast this week. Um, I'll either get it up after game one or game two, just depending on how those games play out. And then uh, we'll kind of go from there. But... Give me some feedback, you know, hit me up through Twitter. I'm anonymous sources 23. Um, put some questions out there. I'm more than happy to answer some on the pod. Uh, tell me your thoughts. Um, but please do me a favor. Subscribe, show some support. Let me know that this podcast means something to y'all and y'all listening and, and you're enjoying it because I'm enjoying it, bringing it to you. And uh, until next time, I'm Matthew Jones. This is the Lakers Zone podcast. Y'all have a lovely evening and uh, talk to y'all soon.